Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now in Sunday school this morning, we touched on this a little bit last week, but we talked about spiritual gifts. And I've got, I've got these tests up here. I'm going to leave them up on the communion table. If you weren't here for Sunday school and didn't get one, and you'd like to take one of those, I encourage you to take it and read through it. And It's a test that you just take for yourself. You don't need to bring it, turn it in, show it to me, have anybody else grade it. It's just a personal thing that you can do to try to find out um, kind of what your spiritual gifts are. And it's really, it's really a lot of fun. And if you uh, if you want to grab one of those, if we don't have enough, um, I can always make some more. But um, I wanted you to get to try that. But um, today we're going to be I'm going to be talking about finding your place. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I, I challenge you to read this whole chapter sometime. We're not going to read through the whole chapter today, but I do want to kind of hit some of the highlights of it because spiritual gifts are something that if you're saved, you have some. God has given you some spiritual gifts that are to be used for His service in the church. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. He wanted them to know about these things. I don't want you to be clueless about these things. I don't want you to be ignorant about them. It says, Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away under these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is all this, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. One of the things that we see about spiritual gifts, and we talked about it last week, there's many of them. There's many different ones, but they all come from the same God. And we need to understand that while there's many of us here, and we all have different personalities, we all have different ideas and opinions about things, when it comes to the church, one thing that we all need to be in agreement in is that it's God's will that needs to be done. That we want to do things God's way. And that God has a purpose and a direction He wants us to go. And He's put all of us here as individuals to play a different role in that area. To have a different part. And you know, and, and kind of something I just kind of want to share with you a little bit is, I guess, my personal vision for Liberty Baptist Church. Because I believe, I believe God wants to do great things here. I'm looking forward to when we have a choir up here every week. I mean, every Sunday, I'm looking forward to hearing the choir specials. I believe, I believe I believe that's going to happen someday. I look forward to hearing uh, you know the different musicians and um, our kids. We're getting ready to get them. Boys, we're getting ready to get them back into trumpet lessons. My girls back into violin lessons. I'm looking forward to hearing that during the church services and hearing a lot of that. I'm looking forward to you know the, the house, the church being full all the time. I'm looking forward to the day when we're trying to figure out how we're going to handle more people. And when we start having to make the, have those discussions about maybe a building project and adding on to the place, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having a bus ministry in this church and to be able to have a bus and take it and, and fill it up with kids. 
I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, I mean, many different ministries that we could have. I'm looking forward to jail ministries and I'm and different uh, soul winning programs and just many people going out and reaching them with the gospel. I'm looking forward to all those things happening. I believe that they're going to happen, but for all of those things to happen, the Lord will have to send the laborers. That's that's been our, that's going to be our theme for the next month or so. Lord, send the labors because uh, and, and listen, God wants these things to be done. We're going to kind of see some things in the scriptures about that and why we need all these things that we're talking about and why I believe God's going to send them. Because the truth, God wants us as a church to grow. He wants us as a church to be doing more. We're going to see look at some of those things. But first of all, we need to understand the role of the church. Why we are here. Why Liberty Baptist Church is here. Why any church is anywhere. The the main purpose, the main reason we see it in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, Jesus Christ, he has Already died on the cross. He's already resurrected from the dead. He's been on earth for 40 days doing great things with His disciples that John said the books of the world could not contain all that Jesus had done and showed them during those days. And Jesus Christ, as He is ascending into heaven, as He's leaving, His final words that He gives them, His final commandment, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Our role as a church is to spread the Gospel, not just to Rock Falls, but to the world. Our job, this group here, he said, this, this group, us, are you sure? Are you sure to, to the world? How can we do that? Well, obviously, just us here, there's only so much we can do, but that's why we need to expand. That's why we need to grow. We've got to spread the gospel to the world, and we do it by starting locally. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But ye, this is the same. Uh, story here. Jesus says He's ascending to heaven. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto Me both in Jerusalem and in all Judeans and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up and a cloud received Him out of their sight. Jesus said, He said, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were at when Jesus said that, that was their home. You're going to be Jerusalem. You're going to be witnesses here, but then you're going to be also be witnesses in Judea and Samaria. Those are the areas surrounding Jerusalem. But it says it's not going to stop there. Then you're going to be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth, and that is our goal. And you know what? You might think, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no way that we can. No, there's no way this group can do that. We don't have the ability. But notice what Jesus said, ye shall receive power. And also in the account of Matthew, He said, all power is given to Me in heaven and in earth. If our church, if us as individuals, if we get the power of God on our lives, it would be amazing what we could do. 
I mean, the twelve disciples, they turned the world upside down. There's more than twelve of us here today. And there's no reason why we can't do these things if God's in it. Because it's God that's doing the work through us. We're the tools. We're the instruments that we use. But we've got to understand why we're here as a church. Why Liberty Baptist Church is here. We are a, we are a group of people. We are an organization that is out to spread the Gospel to as many people as we possibly can. And we're going to start right here in Rock Falls. We're going to spread out as far as we can. We've got people from other towns that come in. We've got people from that come as far as Erie. We've got people from Deer Grove and from Sterling. And I don't know if any other... Uh, Dixon, other towns that are represented in here right now. And we're trying to we want to reach out as many places as possible and get them in here and we start locally we spread out as far as possible but then we get them in here because there's another part of that great commission he said go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and he said baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the holy ghost why do we baptize people well, obviously, you know, it's a step of obedience after salvation. But also, another reason that we baptize people, it's to, it's to make them a part of the church. It's a public identity with Jesus Christ. It identifies us with Christ. It identifies them with this church. What we are wanting to do is we're wanting people to come to this church and to join this church and to become a part of this body of believers because the more people that are a part of this body, the more we're able to fulfill that Great Commission. The more we're able to reach out. I can only talk to so many people. You can only talk to so many people. But if we go and we talk to somebody else who goes and talks to some more people, we've now increased the impact that we're having. We're supposed to increase the body of the church. Go to Luke chapter 14 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 14. I want to read a passage to you. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Jesus is given a parable of the great supper. And then and it says, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. You know, when you start inviting people to church, you're going to hear a lot of excuses. Uh, I mean, you're going to hear a bunch. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Some people, I got family obligations. I, I just don't have time. And then verse 21, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. We see here in this parable that it's clear that Jesus wants a full house. He wants His house to be full. He doesn't care necessarily who it is. He's not looking for people of any certain race or nationality. He's not looking for people of any uh, you know, income status and things like that that people in churches often look for. He's just looking for souls. And He wants His house to be full. He wants the body 
of the church to grow. The more people that get saved, the better. And we want we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. That's why we'll even go preach at the jails and go to prisons. Those people, they might not be able to necessarily help our church grow, but you know what? They're going to go to heaven. They're going to they're going to increase the body of Christ and their their souls that Jesus Christ died for and loves. We go to the nursing homes. Those folks are not going to be able to come necessarily and join our church, but they're people that need to hear the gospel. We need those ministries. We need as many of them as possible just to get the gospel to whoever will listen. There's going to be some folks that are not going to want to listen. They're going to make excuses. There's people that are going to turn down the tracks. There are going to be people that say, I don't want to hear it. And when that happens, we got to move on and go to the next. And we got to go to somebody that will listen. Because we need to see, we want to see as many people saved as possible, but we also want to go out there and get them so we can strengthen the body of the church. We want this church to grow, and also, and that is, that's our job after we get saved is discipleship. Jesus said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And I said, I want you to go and get them saved. I want you to get them baptized in a part of the church. And then I want you to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And that's why there's all kinds of different subjects and things that we preach about. We're trying to teach the whole counsel of God here. We want to teach about the commandments of God. We want to teach the things that Jesus taught, like you love your enemies and bless them that curse you. We want to teach those things to people so they will know how to live more abundant lives. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And people need to learn these things. It's sad just how much our Bible has just left today's culture. How few people even know what the Ten Commandments are. How many people just don't know anything about the Word of God. It's amazing the things that I will hear people say is in the Bible. Things that people will quote. It's like, have you ever even read the Bible? Things that people will say about how to get to heaven. And I'm thinking, have you not read God's Word? And the truth is, they haven't. They've not been taught. And we've got to teach people all things. And also, another purpose of the church too is disciple, but also to care for the body. Of believers, Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven says, "And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of of the faith." and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Notice that term edifying is used a lot. It's, kind of, it's like another word for just encouraging and motivating. And one of the things that we all need at some point is we all need the care of God's people. 
All of us are going to, there may be, there's going to be days where we're going through hard times and we need that friendship that comes from God's people. We need that spiritual family that sometimes can be more encouraging and even better than real family. You know, sometimes family, boy, they'll drive you crazy and just get you, they'll get you in trouble. But that spiritual family, they, boy, they motivate you to do right. They keep you, uh, they kind of help keep you in line sometimes. And we need that. They're there for you when you're down and when you're discouraged. And we, we need to care for each other because it's a spiritual battle out there. It's difficult in this world and we need each other. And there's different parts we all play in that. First, there's the role of the pastor. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. That is not, I'm in James, like that is not what I'm looking for right there. 1 Peter. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that should be revealed. An elder. That's another term for the pastor here in the church. Peter saying, I'm an elder. And he said, and he's talking to the elders, and he said, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, and talking about Jesus Christ, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Right here we see the, the role of the pastor is supposed to feed the flock of God. Try to give that spiritual food that is needed. Not, by, not because he's being forced to. Alright? Nobody's making me be the pastor of the church. But we do it willingly. Not for filthy lucre. Okay? It's not for money. I'm not getting rich off this by any means. And that's not why we do it. But because it's what I've been called to do. I'm to be an example. But being in samples or an example to the flock. That way when the chief shepherd Okay, another term sometimes people use for pastors is an under shepherd. Okay, the chief shepherd is Jesus Christ. Our job is not to be lords over God's heritage. I'm not here so I, as a pastor so I can boss people around and tell everybody what to do, but just to be an example. God needs that, and, and uh, the role of pastor very important. It's one of the one of the things that where people help, God's people help. As we grow, eventually I'll be able to be full time as a pastor. And basically, what I kind of am is I'm that person that you all can kind of assign to be there for other people when somebody's sick and in the hospital. Usually, it's the pastor who'll go and visit them whenever there's a death. That pastor that goes and tries to be there and to comfort people and to give counsel when it's needed and just be there. You know, obviously, every member can't do that all the time. I mean, the people there—they work full-time jobs and they've got a lot going on in their life. And that pastor is somebody that God has called and that you, as a church, support so they can do the work of the pastor, so they can minister to the flock. Like, well, I don't—I don't need him. Well, maybe you don't right now, but other people might. And we all play a part in that. 
by supporting our pastor. And not just verbally and all that, but even financially. That is one of the goals here in the church and one of the things that we're working towards. And that, and whenever I am doing the work of God for other people, I believe you're getting rewarded for that. That's part of your work because you are a member of this church. Because of your contributions that you're making to the church. I'm able to do that. Just like a missionary that goes to a foreign country. They're able to go there because of the financial support that we give. And I believe God's going to reward us for people getting saved in other countries. Because we contributed so they can do that. And that's one of the things that a pastor does. There's many things that he does spiritually for people in the church and even outside. And when a church is supporting the pastor financially, you all are getting rewarded for that. You're all getting a piece of that. And what a wonderful blessing that is. And eventually too, uh, hopefully that will grow. and We might even have more full-time staff that we need to hire. In Acts chapter 6, we see the deacons that uh, this is where the deacons got started in the church. It says that in those days, verse 1, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And this saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, Parmenius, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, and they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. During this time, the church it was growing in number greatly. I mean, it was multiplying, and there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And the apostles they did, they they wanted to be able to focus on the word of God, and they did they weren't able to serve tables and to help the widows and the needy like they needed to. And so the church got together, and they they chose out men full of the Holy Ghost. They could do that. They laid hands on them. They ordained them as deacons in the church. And they became deacons and they ended up doing great things for God because it was growing. And someday that may happen here. We may need to hire more people to just serve in different areas in the church. And I tell you, I think that will be exciting when that day comes. That's a blessing. That's more people that are able to devote their time fully to the work of God. And... Also, we're going to be able to do in that situation is reach more people with the gospel and do greater things and help the body of Christ even more. But there's also the role of the church member, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And don't ever underestimate just how important this is. It is it is huge for everybody. If we don't have church members doing their part, you can't. You're not going to have deacons for one, and you're not going to be able to have a pastor do what he's supposed to do. The members are, they're so important. And it said, let us, verse 24 of Hebrews 10, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. 
says we got we got to think about each other. We've got to provoke each other to love and to good works. And that's the thing that as a church, what we've got to do. One of the important places is just motivating each other to keep on going. You need to motivate the pastor to keep on preaching the Word of God. You need to motivate the soul winners in the church to keep on going out and inviting people. You need to motivate the people who are given to keep on giving to the work of the Lord. We need to motivate our missionaries that come through here to stay faithful and to let them know that we're praying for them. We need to motivate each other. You need to motivate those singers to keep on singing for the Lord. We've got to motivate people who are maybe struggling with sin, to stay faithful and to do the right thing and to trust God. We've got to motivate you know, new Christians to just keep on for Christ. We've got to motivate maybe the lost that come in here to give their heart to Christ and to trust Him before it's too late. You know, there's only so much time. You can only go to a church, I believe, for so long and reject before finally you're going to be gone for good. I mean, I've seen that before. It's like there's a certain amount of time and if you don't, if you don't get them, eventually they're they're going to get so hard and so callous to the preaching of the word of God. There's almost no way to penetrate anymore. And that's why, boy, when we get new people in, maybe they're searching, looking for something. We need to pray for them. We need to motivate them, exhort them. And so, in, I guess in conclusion of all of this, you know, our our role for the church is to spread the gospel to as many people as we can to disciple each other. And we all play different parts in that. We all have small areas where we get involved. And so what we need to do, like it says in that verse, it says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He would send forth laborers. We need to pray for God's provision of the members that are needed. You might listen, you might think, oh, there's no way. There's no way we can there's no way we can fill this place up. There's no way we can do that. No, the Bible said to pray the Lord of the harvest. We need to do what we can. We need to go and invite as many people as we can. It's like, well wait, what about those you know, we're not going to get any laborers from the people in the nursing homes. We're not going to get any laborers from the people in the jails. Listen, I believe if we're just going out and getting whoever we can, that God will provide the workers that are needed. And that's the second thing we need. We just need to trust in God's ability to supply. God can supply our needs. God knows what we need. Okay. If listen, I believe that a choir can really help a church. It can really help the service and just stir people up and motivate in a lot of areas. Well, listen. If the Lord agrees with that, if we're doing our part, He'll send us some singers. Okay. Now I think we. Need, I'm not going to only go out and invite singers to church. Uh, that person you hear their voice. There's no way they can sing. We need singers right now. Or maybe hey, we need we need finances to do a lot of the things that we want to do. Okay, I'm not just going to go knocking doors in the rich areas trying to get the rich people to come to church. Okay, most of them are kind of mean anyway. Right, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. We're gonna go wherever we can. We're gonna we'll invite the rich as well as the poor. And if we're doing our part, the Lord. We'll send. He'll send Mr. Moneybags. All right, <laughs> if that's what's needed, he'll do it. However, he has to do it. The Lord, we've got to just trust God's ability to supply. All we need to worry about is I do my part. I pray. We pray for God's provision and trust God that He will do that. God will supply us with what we need. And there's, like I said, there's many things I believe we need. I got. We got. Pray for it and trust God to send 
those people to send those labors. And then we need when we pray for these things, we need to allow God to use us to fulfill that need. You know, many times the one with the burden is the one with the call. You'll find that out. Many times, if there's something that you see in this church, you're like, man, you know what? We need this in the church. Well, you know why you might have that burden? You might know why you might be the one that noticed that? Because the Lord showed it to you. Because maybe He's wanting you to fulfill that. I don't know, but we need to, we need to listen a lot of times like, Lord, you know, please, hey, you know, send somebody, you know, to give more money in the offering. Well, maybe He wants you to give more money. In the offering, Lord, you know, send somebody that can sing some more specials in church, so we don't have to listen to Pastor Tommy sing so much. But maybe He wants you to be the one to sing the special in the church. We, and when we pray for these things, we've got to be willing to be the one to do it. And sometimes that's a diff, that's the difficult part. We need to allow God to use us to fulfill that need. So I don't have the ability. Well, then maybe you know, go ahead and pray for it. Then maybe you're not the one. The guy's chosen, or maybe you know you're going to have to completely rely on the power of God to do what you're burdened about. And did you know that those are usually the people that get it done? That's how we get the power of God on our lives when we're relying not on ourselves and our abilities, but on God. If you're relying on your abilities, then you're not going to have the power of God on your life. And that's what we need. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And He said, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When we say that something cannot be done in a church, what we're really saying is, I don't believe the Holy Spirit's that powerful. When we say, well, I'm more humble about it. When I say, I don't think I can do that. Well, really what we're saying is we're trusting in ourselves over trusting God. And what we've got to do is sometimes just step out of the way and say, Lord, I believe this needs to be done in the church and I'm not seeing it get done. Lord, if You want to use me, I'll do it. And He may use you. He may send that labor. But in the meantime, what we need to do is just find our place. Find your place. And then pray for God to send the labors. Trust God that He can do it and allow God to use you if that's what He chooses. And so with that, let's all stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Have a verse of invitation.